This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, instead of having just uh, journals of like, dear diary, so mad at the world today, <laughs> um, instead I would just, I would force myself to write five things every day before I would go to bed and I would start my mornings like that too, um, of just five things I was thankful for. Um, and it could be at, at the beginning, they were really small, but I just did not have a thankful heart at that time. So it would be things like, um, I kept the kids alive today. We all took showers. I mean, then, the small victories. Yeah, the small life. victories. Welcome to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and I'm really looking forward to this special episode of Activate. Today, I have the honor of having a conversation with two great ministry leaders at Journey. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called Address the Mess, where we are learning to address and confront the things in our lives that are holding us back from fully stepping into God's purpose for our lives. Sunday is Mother's Day, and um, I will be talking with Danielle Newsom and Stephanie Ward. Ladies, welcome to the Activate Podcast. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Danielle, welcome back to the podcast. Um, you are a seasoned veteran now of the, the podcast. You've been on multiple times and it's it's funny, almost every time you're on, we have a, a spike in listeners. So so thank you for for um, bringing more people to the, to the podcast. So um, as many of our listeners know, you're the wife of Pastor Christian, and you also direct our worship arts ministry here at Journey. I'd love for you to take uh, a moment and kind of brag on your kids as a mom. Um, I'd love to hear, um, I'd love to hear what, what excites you about your kids, what you love about your kids. So I'm going to give you the mic. Um, so little Christian is 17. We call him, or I call him little Christian, but he's not very little anymore. He's turning into quite the big man. Um, and he is, he is our athlete of the family. He loves to play. He always has, um, basically from the time he can move, he's an athlete. So we are really enjoying this season of life right now. That's keeping us probably super busy, just following him around to all of his football games and his baseball games. Um, and it, trying to soak it up because he's going to be senior next year. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that being maybe the last football season and could be the last baseball season. You just never know. Um, he is full of life. He loves to have fun. He has always been the funny kid at school, which can be good and bad sometimes. Um, but I think the thing I really appreciate about him the most is he's one of those people who kind of sits back um, and it takes him a little while to really get to know people. He doesn't put himself out there so fast. But when he has gotten to know you, he will love you for life. Like his small group um, of guys at church, he loves those guys like they're his brother. He's probably one of the most authentic people I know. There's not a fake bone in his body. And he presents this very strong kind of athletic, muscular all guy exterior, but he has a really soft heart and really loves people. So really proud about that. And Casey is 15 and she is so much fun. Um, Christian, and I, I don't know how it worked this way. We really didn't intend for this, but somehow we kind of got our own little mini me's little Christian loves sports and he's very athletic and Casey loves music. She's an incredible guitar player and she has a beautiful voice and she is like a 100 
and 10% people person. She loves people. She loves to have a conversation with people. She um, will would be at church for every single service, every <laughs> time the doors are open. Um, she just loves it. She loves, I'm really blessed that she loves people so much, that she loves the church so much. So they're great kids, and I'm, I'm really proud of them. Well, you're a great mom, and you have two great kids. Um, Stephanie, uh, she already kind of alluded to your stage or your season of being a mom, but you're also an army wife and you also direct our elementary children's ministry. So you have a lot of responsibilities. T- tell us a little bit about your kids, your favorite qualities about each of them. Definitely. It's going to be fun to brag on my kiddos, but um, we've got two elementary age boys. So Elijah is 11 and Isaiah is eight, and they definitely keep us on our toes. Um, I feel like the fact that we've only had two broken bones up to this point in our lives is awesome. I call that a win uh, because they're pretty crazy and they (laughs) fall a lot and (laughs) they're just bruisers. Um, We have a lot of fun together. Now, the biggest thing is right now they're really obsessed with Fortnite. That is what they play all the time. Uh, Most recently, they've been really into flag football at their school. That's been something that they live and breathe. So it's been all all boy things at our house. I was pretty destined Mm -hmm. to be a boy mom. (laughs) So I don't really know anything about the girl world. I always get jealous when I hear about Danielle. Talk about Casey because I'm like, man, I'd love to have a little girl. But uh, these boys are... You can borrow her. I do. I do borrow her a lot, actually. Um, But these boys are a lot of fun. Um, Elijah is our... uh, The 11-year-old is our natural leader. Um, He is a freckle faced little kid and he loves to be a little bossy but um he really has a I cool he got that <laughs> I know probably his dad no but he has a really cool calling on his life um you can just see it like he loves the lord which is really awesome to see he's passionate about jesus at this age which is cool and then isaiah our eight-year-old he is um our very tender-hearted kid um he expresses love through giving gifts and carrying in groceries by himself but he likes to remind us how good of a helper he is sure so we're just having lots of fun with them right now. Yeah. You shared a story recently um, with some of the ministry team here, Stephanie, about uh, how you jump on the video game now and you play Fortnite with the boys as well. <laughs> how, how, how's your game? Um, I'm still awful, honestly, but um, I have done that only because as a boy mom, um, mm-hmm. I know that that is important to bond with my kids in some way. Yeah. And so I have to even pretend like I care about the game, Mm -hmm. but I care about them. And so because I care about them, I get on Fortnite. So I know what they're doing and we have a lot of fun. They make fun of me. I think little Christian likes me to do it from time to time just to laugh at me. Okay. Yeah. That's how we bond. I didn't know you were a a gamer as well. Uh, Only like once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, um, let's, let's jump into the message from this, uh, for this Sunday, um, on mother's day. We, we took a closer look at the life of a woman in the Bible named Naomi. Um, you can read her story in the book of Ruth. It's a fascinating story. Um, the mess we addressed, um, this, this Sunday was the mess of bitterness in life. Um, in fact, if anyone had a right to be bitter, like if you if you've ever earned the right to be bitter, it would have been Naomi. In in ten years, in a time year, a ten year time span, Naomi lost her husband. She lost her two sons. She lost all of her security, all of her possessions. She lost even her reputation. And you can kind of get a sense that she lost her closeness and intimacy with God. So needless to say, she was bitter. She was bitter with God. Danielle, um, this question I'd love to ask you in your experience as a ministry leader and as a mom, when life doesn't go as you expected, why why do we often blame God 
or others for, for our own troubles? That is a deep question. Um, I think, you know, I go back in my mind instantly to Genesis 3, honestly. This is one of the first things I thought about. I think it's just in our human nature that, you know, that sin nature is we're born with it inside. And when you look at Adam and Eve, who were basically created in perfection, you see that when they sinned, God first addressed Eve and Eve blamed it on or he first addressed Adam and Adam blamed it on Eve. And then he addressed Eve and Eve blamed it on the serpent. So I think deep inside us, you know, we have, we have this sin nature that we're always going to have and struggle. Paul even refers to it. Like I have these two natures inside of me and one is the nature that Christ has given me and the other is the sin nature I'm born with. And they're constantly at war with each other. And I don't think it matters whether you've been um, a Christian for a hot minute, or if you've Mm -hmm. been a Christian for a long time, like you, feel that battle and that war that's waged inside of you. Um, And I think this is where it's good to reflect on Jesus and why it's so important that I have a solid walk in relationship with Jesus. Because a lot of times when people are new to the faith, I think they look at um, the basic view of Christianity is what can God do for me? instead of what has God done for me. And when you look at what God has done for me, it points you to the cross. It points um, you to Jesus dying in your place. Um, and so that keeps my mind right. When I, when I have a tendency in my anger, in my frustration, when life doesn't go the way I expect it, whether that's as a mom or just as a, a human today, it's so easy. The quickest thing to do to alleviate my shame, my guilt, my burden is often to, to place yes, it on someone else. That's so good. But instead, I need to remember, I think that Jesus has already taken my shame, my mm-hmm. guilt. So if I can reflect all of that back to the cross, it keeps my mind in the right space. Mm-hmm. But even with all that, it's a war. It's a battle. It's a daily battle yeah. that we all face. Yeah. I, you know what I've found in my own life? When I, um, when I experience pain of some sort, mm-hmm. I immediately want to blame somebody or something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that whatever you ultimately blame or whoever you ultimately blame, is can become a source of bitterness in your life. Mm, so, so, true. so important. And I think that happened in the life of Naomi. So, um, one of the other ways that we can become bitter is when our current experience, what we're currently experiencing in life doesn't match our expectations of life. There's a, there's a source of bitterness that can take place. You know, one thing I appreciate and one thing that we all can appreciate the Bible about the Bible is how real it is. It's it's real stories, it's real people, it's it's real problems. We can actually learn a lot about how to respond when the circumstances of our life, when the uh, our experiences that we're facing in life become crushing. And that was the case for Naomi. So Stephanie, let me ask you this. How do you how do you survive even even thrive as a wife? even as a Christian wife, when the circumstances of life are crushing? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, that's a good question. And it's definitely something I'm still wrestling through, but um, so I've learned lessons um, because Danielle and I were talking about this where everything is seasonal. And so there is one season in um, my life that I really just want to share. Yeah. Uh, it was early on in Kyle and I's marriage when he was first called into the military. And honestly, I was excited about it. I loved uh, the idea of it, but you 
you know how there's an idea in your head versus reality of yes. it. And then when we started living the reality of him being a military chaplain, serving his God, serving God and country, like I started to have a lot of resentment in my heart about it actually, because I, um, I just felt like I was always sacrificing my time, uh, not just my time, but I was also sacrificing the time with my kids, um, not my time, but his time with the kids. And our kids were really little, which is a hard season anyway. Um, and so out of the bitterness of my heart towards that military calling, um, that bitterness was actually overflowing into my other relationships. So one time there's a, if there's a root of bitterness, that's not taken care of, it overflows into everything else. And so my kids were little and they needed this nurturing mom, but I wasn't a nurturing mom. I, I at least for me, when I look at it, like I was definitely just going through the motions. Um, I was exhausted. I was tired. I was resentful of how much I was having to do by myself because, you know, Kyle would be away with the military. Um, he was also, um, at a church working, um, as a pastor at a church, a small church, and it was a great church, but he was gone so much. And so it was just such a hard time. And so I was resentful of a lot of things of that calling. Um, and it was a vicious cycle for me because I had, I was at home. Um, so I would get on social media and Danielle and I've talked about that too, Mm -hmm. where I would compare what my mothering looked like to what my friends Mm -hmm. on social media's mothering style looked like. And then I would resent those women on social media. So I knew that I really had to battle uh, my emotions to get out of the funk that I was in. I really had to do that. And so it was truthfully that word battle. I had to prepare for battle, which is kind of what Danielle touched on too. Um, In Ephesians 6, it tells us to put on the spiritual armor of God. And that was something that I had to do is I had to pray on the um, helmet of salvation every day. I did that by uh, carving out time intentionally to read my Bible. If my kids would get up at like five in the morning, I'm not a morning person. So I would put them in bed and force myself to read my Bible at night. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, um, I started reading this awesome devotion called Girlfriends and God. Um, and it was about other women that were experiencing a similar season that I was in. I started keeping a thankfulness journal just to train my mind to think differently. Mm, um, because it was just something I knew I had to train my brain because my brain was so used to just being resentful and bitter. Let me talk to you about that. What's a thankfulness journal? Oh yeah. What did that look like? So for me, um, instead of having just, uh, journals of like (laughs) dear diary is so mad at the world. (laughs) day. Um, instead I would just, I would force myself to write five things every day before I would go to bed. And I would start my mornings like that too, um, of just five things I was thankful for. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could be at, at the beginning, they were really small, but I just did not have a thankful heart at that time. So it would be things like, um, I kept the kids alive today. Mm -hmm. We all took showers. I mean, the small victories, yeah, the small victories, but then I Start, once the clouds started lifting, I mm-hmm. started just writing deeper things of thankfulness that I could see, you know, and just marveling at the wonders of God around me, mm-hmm. um, just things like that. So that thankfulness journal really was something um, that I actually revisit when I know that I'm having a hard season or something. I'll go back to that and I'll just write down, start my morning like that or start my evening like that. Mm-hmm. Just five things I'm thankful for each day, simple or big. Yeah, and I think I think it's important that we kind of have this discussion out loud. I feel like there's maybe a trend coming right now, I hope, that I feel like I sense is getting started in social media to kind of pull back the curtains a little bit. You know, one of my movie favorite movies growing up was The Wizard of Oz is 
favorite but also a little scary (laughs) because the wizard was this big thing in their mind but they went and pulled back the curtain and he was just this weak old man and I feel like that there's a lot of comparisons you can draw on that with social media for a lot of us because we see something it looks overwhelming and it looks amazing it looks powerful or I should be doing that but you pull back the curtain and that's not always exactly what it is and I think this is hard for everyone but I do think it's especially hard for women Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I was reading my devotions this week and I just wrote this little blurb, um, from my devotional thoughts this week on my Instagram and on my Facebook. But I, I just said this, it's hard to appreciate the good in your own life when you're comparing it to the veneer in someone else's life. That's and good. so comparison kills our joy and mm-hmm. it steals our joy. So by getting your eyes back on yourself and on your own family, whether it's through a gratitude journal of some mm-hmm. kind or just counting your own blessings, they they suddenly you're reminded of God's goodness in that season, I think. Danielle, let's let's get really practical right now. Harboring bitterness in our lives can infect every relationship. In fact, uh, I believe you mentioned that earlier. It, it, it can seep into everything in our lives. We can wear a smile. We can put on the facade that you were just talking about, put on the veneer of happiness. But deep inside, we're hurting. And at the root of bitterness is some sort of emotional pain that's been inflicted upon us at some point in our life. Um, How can we treat the emotional pain before it ever becomes deep-rooted bitterness in our lives? So I think one thing when I think about bitterness is that bitterness has to take root. I think there's a verse where maybe even Paul actually refers to that. And so if you think about it, we can let our thoughts dwell, like Stephanie was talking about, on some of the unhappier, unpleasant circumstances of our life. And if we think on it enough, we can allow those feelings to lead to bitterness taking deep root. Mm -hmm. And um, disappointments, you know, can't result in bitterness and unless we plant them and we feed them and we water them and we let them take root. Um, in fact, it's, I was remembering a little story with sweet little Casey when she was younger. And I think a lot of our kids have this young elementary age, about first grade or second grade. She developed a really big worrying problem. Mm. And, um, the counselor gave us this great little book from school that we took home and it was comparing like a, some kind of tomato plant to, our worries and how if we plant the seed and we water our worries and we think about them a lot, our worries will keep growing. And if we can just lock those thoughts up and maybe address them once a day for all you moms out there struggling with a kid with fear is an amazing little book and then talk about them once a day, but not water them all day long. But how many of us, we get disappointed by our spouse. Um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of moms in our church that have older children. Now this doesn't just apply um, to moms or even dads with young kids. I think it applies to mothers and fathers walking in a new season of life. Their kids are growing up. They're leaving the house. They're getting more independent. They're starting their own families and their expectations of what they thought their family would look like are often not coming into reality. And so that little seed of hurt um, can get planted. And if we water it enough, it can get, it can cause bitterness. Mm -hmm. But also what I'm realizing too is, um, a big thing in my life really the last seven years is I've been on an emotional health journey. 
lots of great materials that I would recommend. There's a book called The Emotionally Healthy Woman and The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that are fantastic. Mm -hmm. But what I'm learning is a lot of us have expectations of people that we've actually never shared with them. It's just kind of an unspoken expectation. And I think if as families, if we could go on an emotional health journey together to learn to be more honest with each other about our feelings, about our expectations, and actually come to the table together. Hey, here's an expectation I have for this holiday or for this special event. How do you feel about that? And, you know, come together, like have healthy conversations. Why is it with the people we love the most, we often can't have the most important conversations? Can, can you, can we, can we talk about that a little bit more and, and maybe you could play that out, how that's looked like in, in, in the life of your family. Can you give mm -hmm. us an example of how playing out a uh, uh, healthy expectations looks like? Yeah. What's, what's that conversation look like for well, you? First can of all, you give us an example? Really hard. And let's just say it's super awkward when you first start doing it because it's very vulnerable for us to share our expectations. But I think Christian and I are learning to, in advance of certain holidays, vacations, whatever, sit down and have a conversation about what our expectations are. I think it's a lot easier in our family, or my immediate Newsom family, the four of us, because we're on that journey together. Where it can get more difficult is maybe with extended family. Mm -hmm. If they don't understand this emotional health path you're on, if they don't understand what that looks like. Um, but we're trying, even with our families, we're trying to get better at calling our moms in advance. Hey, yes. we'd like to talk to you about the holidays, you know. What are your expectations? Here's what, what some of ours are. Here's where we can meet partway. And it's difficult. Let's just say it. Like, it is so very hard. But I think it's worth it's worth fighting for that health in your family. Well, here's a last question for both of you today. Um, Ruth is quite the hero of the story um, of Naomi. Um, when no Naomi was at her lowest and the bitterness was at its greatest in her life, Ruth never left Naomi's side. W would you take a moment to discuss uh, the importance of having a faithful friend in your life during these difficult times? Um, maybe you can help answer this. What specifically did your friend do that, that helped you through some of this intense emotional pain in your life? Stephanie, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, this is um, such a powerful example of women being in loyal relationship with one another. Um, I truly believe that women were created for relationships, just mm -hmm. like Ruth and Naomi. We need friendships with people that can see Jesus in us, um, working in us, even when we can't see it ourselves. We definitely need strong friendships like that. One of my absolute favorite books growing up was Anne of Green Gables <laughs> by Lucy Maud Montgomery, yeah. and um, she coined the term a kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's always what I think of when I think of a deep friend, a soul sister. Um, a kindred spirit is someone that is so close to you. She just knows your soul. And I uh, do have a friend like that. I'm blessed enough to have a friend like that. Um, she was with me when I was going through that really hard time uh, with be feeling like an isolated military wife with two young kids. Um, and just, I would share my heart with her and she would see Jesus in me at that time. She would champion me. Um, she would pray with me. We would wrestle through hard things together. And that's kind of what that friendship looked like. And I just want to encourage you that if you don't have a friend like that in your life right now, that's okay. Um, pray for her specifically mm -hmm. pray for that person to show up in your life. Um, also take comfort in knowing that God is a friend. I know it might sound cliche, mm -hmm. but God has many names and being a friend. God is our friend. And like, we need to take comfort in 
in that. Um, also, just don't be afraid to ask someone to be your friend. I know Danielle and I mm-hmm. talked about that. She's going to touch on that a little bit more, too, probably. But, um, you know, just like Ruth and Naomi, sometimes a friendship can be born naturally out of a family relationship. Not all the time, but sometimes. So, like, for me, my mom has also been someone who has been a safe friend to me through really difficult seasons as well. And as I'm getting older, um, just praying for that relationship for me to also be there for her now, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, Danielle, I've been very thankful to work here because uh, Danielle's been like a built-in mentor for me. And she's also encouraged me a lot. Like, make sure you have that safe friend. Make sure you have that strong person with you. And I really believe that as women, um, if we just have a great pair of hoop earrings and a really good soul <laughs> sister with us, like, we can really survive anything. <laughs> we can rock the world. That's right. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think... Um, Sometimes you have to be willing to put yourself out there a little bit to find those friends and not always will they be delivered with a bow on top of them on your front porch. You have, you have to put yourself out there a little bit to find that natural friendship. Um, and so I also think it's important to know the kind of friends you surround yourself with. Stephanie and I talked a little bit about this earlier. We all have friends that can either lead us closer to Jesus or further away. And if I have the wrong kind of friend and I'm experiencing a disappointment in my marriage or with my parenting, it's very easy for me to have a wrong kind of friend who might look at me and, and, and you're right, that husband of yours, I'm telling you, you need a newer model or, you know, but a friend who is committed to the same values as you, who, who loves the Lord, who's trying to pursue Jesus is going to encourage you. I know it's hard, but you can get through this. Let's pray about it together. So, and I I think like we were talking about with seasons, you know, for me, I had a really great small group here and then my group had to go multiply (laughs) and all become small group leaders. And it kind of blew our group up because they all did what we should do as Christians. They multiplied. Um, But we found ways through this app, this Marco Polo app, which is basically like a video messaging app. We we talk every day. We probably talk more now than we did back then. Um, I know a lot of people who have like a continuous text chain going with people that are just holding each other accountable to read their Bible or sending prayer requests to each other. There's so many different ways where you can find community in your life where you might not be in a season of small group. We hope everyone's in a small group because it really is where you find such great relationships, but just finding community and the church is a great place to put yourself out there, volunteer to serve, get in an environment where you can meet new people and pray that God will show you someone who your heart might be joined with as a kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's so important Mm -hmm. in our life. We all need that. We need relational encouragement and you just pray that God puts those right people in your life. Sure, sure. And I like how you said that, that we oftentimes have to be intentional. Yes. Um, that's what I see in the story of Ruth and Naomi. Ruth actually saw someone who had a need. And she was, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but she was intentional about saying, I'm going to be here for you through this hard season of life. So we, we all need those type of friends. So. Ladies, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. Um, I believe your transparency today will begin to help uh, people address the mess of bitterness in their life and begin to find the healing that they so desperately need. And once again, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Perhaps some of you are listening right now and you're dealing with a deep root of bitterness in your life and you know it's it's holding you back from stepping fully into God's purpose. We want to help you. We, we would like 
to help you in this in this dark season of life. You can send us an email at activate at takethejourney.cc and we can we can have a completely confidential conversation to start getting you the proper help you need. You do not have to address this mess alone. So thanks for tuning in from wherever you are at, and we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.